All right, folks, get ready to swipe right on this podcast because we are back and we're going to discuss a new Netflix documentary focused on the ultimate worst case scenario of online dating. This is the Insatiable Content Podcast, and I'm your host, Vincent Rossmeyer. The focus of today's pod is Tindler Swindler, which has been at the top of Netflix's most watched list for a bit now. It focuses on Shamoon Hayut, I hope I'm saying that name right, a convicted fraudster who was born in Israel. Hayut used dating apps to meet multiple women, then established lines of credit and loans in their name, ultimately leaving them holding the bills. He built a Ponzi scheme, essentially, taking money from one woman to fund his lavish lifestyle, which then helped him convince other women to give him more money to keep the scheme going. And while the movie is about this specific degenerate asshole, it obviously has a lot to say about online dating in general, which I've developed a bit of familiar familiarity with over the past two years. Um, so joining me on this journey into the wilds of online dating is my friend and former classmate at Tulane's graphic design program. And unlike me, someone who is actually an immensely talented graphic designer, Sonia, she's off the apps Contino. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Vincent. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to have another wonderful discussion with you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'm happy to have you here, too. This was such a peculiar, I would say, documentary. I, I had multiple friends recommend it uh, to me, and I feel like there's two main ways we could approach this. Um, generally, as is true for most documentaries. There's the story itself and what the actual narrative is about. And then there's, you know, and there's what we thought of that. And then there's the the documentary and the choices the filmmakers make um, in being able to portray that story. And I think sometimes those things are very different while sometimes they're aligned. But where do you want to start on this? Do you want to start about with the film itself or the way it was made? Um, I guess I'd say let's start with the film itself and then we'll get to the way it's made. Okay. So, I mean, to me, this, you know, we were talking a bit about this today. This is, this is a very much a Netflix documentary, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's focused on Netflix has done a series of these now, um, that are focused on stories that are so outrageous. It's hard to believe, you know, like the one that I think is the epitome of this is, um, Tiger King, right? Um, I found the story immensely fascinating, um, in part because I've had a long obsession with con artists. Um, there's a great book. <laughs> there's a great book I read in college by one of my professors in grad school named David Samuels, called The Runner, and it was about a runner who enrolled in college, posing as an 18-year-old long-distance runner when he was actually in his 30s, for no other reason than I think he just wanted to run. It's like very unclear, but I like. There's a, but I find these type of imposters like who have this compulsion and can't, you know, stop it to be pretty fascinating. So in this case, though, like the the imposter is just doing awful things. So what did you think of the narrative and like what did you think of the story overall? Um. So, I mean, I would have to agree with you. I think there's something innately fascinating with people who are just kind of I don't know they're trying to just see what happens if they go against the system almost you know yep um and I don't know I it's it was one of those shows where like I started watching it and I was like oh this is another one of those things <laughs> you know? honestly the main reason I keep watching shows like this is to see if there's like any actual reasoning behind the people who get duped agreed like, you know, I'm like, all right, I want to see if you like legit, like we're fools, you know, because <laughs> to me, I don't know. 
and I, I've kind of looked this up on, on the internet a lot, and I guess, you know, victim shaming is being thrown around for these ladies. But yes. There are also these other sides to this where, where it's like, but there were definitely red flags, you know? Like, so at what point do you, like, can you, do you cross that line, you know? Like, is, or is it always just walking that line? But to me, you know, the whole, it's, it's a drama. It's like a yeah. drama documentary. Um, and me, I'm such a fan of crime documentaries and yep. stuff. Like, I get hooked. If there's some unknown, I, like, want to figure it out. So <laughs> I, I agree. I think I am also always fascinated by the motivation and the rationale for the con artists themselves. Because in this case, like, it seems like it would be exhausting, right? Like, to constantly keep up this Ponzi scheme and be constantly funneling women from your that you're meeting on the apps and dating, like... And then, like, the so, you know, he invests this a tremendous amount of time. He, like, moves in with women. Like, he does all this stuff, and it's, like, he shares his location, and he's traveling from place to place. Like, all this so that, like, he can be on private planes to do, like, there, it, it made no sense to me because I was, like, all you're doing is basically funding a lifestyle to do the thing you're doing rather than to actually enjoy the money you have, right? It seems like it would just be tremendously stressful, and I don't... I don't understand why he did it. I don't even know how you would keep track of where yeah. the relationship was. Like, yeah. What if you texted the wrong thing because it wasn't quite that far along in this other relationship yeah. where you were doing something? It just like blows my mind. Like it seems like way more work than I don't know. I don't I, understand how it could possibly be any fun to keep track of like that many timelines. I, I agree, especially all across the world. Like when I, the few times I have been like casually dating someone more than one person at once, it's fucking exhausting. You have that fear that you're like, I'm going to say the wrong thing to somebody. Like I can't imagine doing this on a grand scale where there's so much money involved. It just doesn't sound enjoyable at all. God. Well, and I think you kind of see the effects of that in some of his, like when things start to fall apart and or when he starts to lose a little bit of control like he has a very strong reaction to it right like he definitely gets like i'm the big man in the situation about it um and to me i mean that just to me that shows just how like crazy immature this guy is like that's his instant reaction is to try and overpower the situation yep um it boggles the mind (laughs) i i completely agree i think the other thing about it for me was like I, I you know you made this point about the women in it and I want to be very careful like they are clearly victims yeah. right but also totally. yeah like completely victims and they fell for a scam at the same time there what I was wondering this whole time and to your point earlier is like but why are you so attracted to someone with money just for, because they have money? Like, none of them talked about, like, they said he was, like, charming, but, like, he's not the most, like, attractive or debonair guy. It doesn't seem like, he just seems to give them attention more than, like, anything else. But I... I okay, so... Yeah, go ahead. A, a big thing that comes to my mind is, like, so... You considered yourself this serious with this guy. Like, they've never met his family. Is it, or any of his friends right. other than his bodyguard. So I'm just like, how? With no other, like, you've no, not that you would distrust him, but how would you trust him enough to do these things without knowing anyone else in his life? You know, like. Also, I've never, just, I've never had anyone ask me for that type of money. Like, 
once someone oh. a- like that's the other thing is like once someone asks you for that type of money, like to me there would be red flags that would go off. And I think for me the overall all thing here was like it's not victim blaming, but I I just constantly question like well why are you so attracted and so looking for someone at this level of wealth where like you want to fly on private planes and you want to go to these like things like for what end like. I always come back to like rich people are awful. Like I don't know any like I know maybe like I met like one or two really rich people in my life who are good people and who didn't make their money in absolutely abhorrent ways. But like most rich people have made it in terrible ways. Um, Like to me, the way he's making it isn't all that different than like conning people in like a hedge fund out of their hard earned income to then like, you know, give yourself kickbacks and things like that. Like so. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the women in this because they are definitely victims. And at the same time, they're striving for something that I at least find abhorrent, which is this like rich for rich sake lifestyle. So I will say, I mean, I think I I should know their names a little better, but there was one female who was like his friend, essentially. Mm hmm. Much money. And then there was the other female who was like in love with him. And then the other one who was like engaged to him or something. Yeah, I found Um, the friend more interesting. The friend was really interesting. And she wasn't as like, um, I don't know. She wasn't as like interested in his wealth or anything. um, Because she, I don't know. She just didn't seem like that interested in that side of it. The other girl who went on on like the first date and was like texting her friends and going on a jet and this and that, you know, I don't understand that motivation because personally that's not something I strive for, but I can totally understand where that comes from. Like, yes, agreed. Societally, and depending on the family you grew up in, like that can seem like something that is going to bring you a lot of happiness, you know, like, so I give them a little leeway there. Like everyone has their thing. I don't know if they're like just wanting to be totally filthy rich or if they're trying to fill like a hole in their heart from when they were young. That's fair. Yeah. But like, that's more of like, that's their personal journey. It still doesn't excuse like all of the other red flags. Right. Well, and also his, his like request for money never made sense to me. It was like, well, if you have all this money, why can't you access it? Like, you, like his excuses for why he couldn't get the money himself in all these situations were never seemed convincing to me. Um, and I don't know, like I, I wouldn't be able to liquidate that type of money to just give to someone that quickly either. That was what was also shocking because none of these women were very well off. And so it was pretty fascinating that they were like doing everything they could. There, there was a part of me that was like, where are their friends? Like where are their friends stepping in and be like, yo, what are you doing? They're not telling anyone yeah. that they're like this guy, right? Or the reality of the situation. Because like, if my friend told me this, I'd be like, okay, um, don't just give anyone that much money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I would give someone I was married to that much money. Yeah, no, I agree. No, absolutely not. That's a lot of money. So to me, I'm like, just because you trust someone doesn't mean that you owe them money whenever they need it. Nope. You know, like, or because you care for someone. Like, to me, they're separate, you know? And this is actually something that I was thinking about um, earlier today when I was thinking about coming on your show. And um, I think that for women, we're taught to not show that we care about, like, 
money or how someone looked like we're taught to be meek and like humble about that stuff right but we're also like, taught that like we need to search that out in someone else and are just like oh the man wants money here like i i will try and get him money because he will handle it and i trust him and it's like if you stood up as the women and we're like no i'm not giving you money like maybe he's going to call you all these names that you don't want to be called or you know all these things that you don't want to be seen as so the, i think the fear fear of like being called called names are not seen as as like womanly or meek um or supportive like if you're a woman and you know about money and you know that that's like not the amount amount of money anyone should ask you for like i think those women probably were feeling a little bit like well i don't want to get called out i think that makes complete sense i think there's an element of i think there's an element of gaslighting here that yes, comes really. into play where it's like, you know, ultimately, um, he's denying their reality. He's denying that any objections they do have are wrong. And that's like, yeah. right, you know, like, and so that is an element that you see in a lot of toxic, terrible relationships of, of just like, it doesn't matter what the reality is. In this case, like, you're not an international, like, diamond guy that's uh, really in need of money, right? And you're telling me that uh, I'm... I shouldn't be concerned about me requesting this money from you. But, you know, it's... Well, and yeah. if you're believing that he is, which right. probably, maybe you do believe that he is, right? Then this guy thinks this not, isn't any money at all. So I need to, like, start to play this game. That's true. Yeah. You know? So I think there's a little pressure on that end, too, which is, to me, is totally a part, can be a part of gaslighting as well. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. You have to live up to my expectations, right? There's that side of it, for sure. So I think... I mean, I think it's pretty clear that we don't think these women are like complete idiots. No, at all. Not making great decisions in their lives. I just like, I wonder where their friends are. I wonder where like their their basis for like what they think a relationship should be. Like they obviously haven't thought about their own boundaries. It's what worries me more. Yep. You know, like it seems like their self is a little bit overly wrapped up in having a partner. Yep. So they're just like really grabbing for that. And like, we, I think we've all been there. Like, absolutely. That's something you work through and they just happen to really have worked through it. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that, I think that feeds into the conversation I want to have about the documentary itself, because I think one of the things that I kept wanting to know more of is what were their relationships like before this? Right. Because I think that would give us insight into maybe like like why they were attracted to this person in in particular. And so I would say I enjoyed this movie a lot, but I I felt the filmmaking was a bit formulaic and just fits into this like Netflix thing where it's like we have all the drone shots from above. Right. Like we're going to do a pretty stationary interview. We're going to pace out the narrative. So there's like big you know, like plot t- twists and things like that. Um, and I think one of the things that I struggle with with a lot of the Netflix documentary is like there's the um, purient aspect of it where you're like, it's a super compelling story, but then ultimately we don't always get to like, well, what is, what is the point? Like, what am I supposed to, like, um, there's that documentary, like, don't fuck with cats, I think it was called, right? Like, and yep. ultimately it's like, 
but but what are you what are you actually trying to say? And maybe documentaries don't always have to say something, but in these cases, it feels like they are trying to say something. But I don't actually think they know what it is because I think this should have tapped into the, like the Me Too movement. Um, and I wish they had pushed the I wish they had pushed like a lot of more questions into this, like you know, asking them about like, well, why, what made him so attractive? What was this? Like, did you feel like you were of a certain age where you were like desperate to find love? Um, and then like a lot of the, the, the one of the women really talked about like having this version of like a storybook love, you know, like she, that's what she was looking for. And like, I think you could really have done an interesting thing, like sort of being like, we're all sort of taught that. And that can be really toxic because it blinds you to a situation like this. It's super warped. I mean, just yep. call it, you know, you're looking for a fairy tale kind of love. Like, yeah. think about this for a minute. You're looking for an unrealistic <laughs> type of love. Like, this, that's what fairy tales are. Like, they're, you know, so you, to me, like I said before, it just, it, it kind of reflects to someone who hasn't really been pushed to, like, answer their own questions, like, look inside themselves and really, like, be honest about, like, would that really make me happy? Or is that just something I've never been challenged to think about, you know, like, yeah. Cause when I, when I think of Prince Charming and the men in those stories, like it's just, there's no reality to them. No. And the it's stories are like a collection of perfect moments. And it's like, you know what? There's a lot of hard work in between those perfect moments. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a completely superficial rendering of like characteristics of a person, but not an actual person. And like, also like relationships that, are predicated on nothing, right? And so to hear adult people still talk about like having those conceptions and wanting that type of, you know, fall in love at first, you know, glance type love was like, it's, it's it was sort of shocking to me. Um, but then also like, okay, well then that might be part of the reason they fell for this. And then like they, you throw in the element of the striving and how like appealing wealth can be, you know, mm-hmm. that there is that, compounding thing but I, I just felt like I, I I felt like when I finished the like Firefest documentaries where I just had a lot more questions and um, yeah and the, I, I the, the thing I always want in all these cases is for them to figure out whether the imposter or con man actually believes their lies and that maybe there's no answer to that but we never got there with um, Hewitt in this case like you know, it's like, because at the end, he's scot-free, he's out of prison and living his best life with a model, you know, and it's like, so did he actually believe this stuff? Like, has he gone so far down the rabbit hole of his own delusions that he believes this? Because I've yeah. met, I've met people who live in an alternate reality, like, will tell you, I, you know, I'm being considered for this job and you talk to someone and who's like doing the hiring, they're like, I'm, they're not considered for this job. I don't, and so it's like, there are people that exist in that sort of like alternate reality and like, is he one of them? And if so, like, what, like, is that a psychological disorder? Cause that to me is almost as fascinating as the con itself, but this, the filmmakers never get there. That's super interesting. Um, Cause I, to, well, it makes me think of narcissism. Yep, for sure. And like extreme cases of narcissism. And it'd be interesting to know who that, how that correlates to gratification from having large amounts of money and like flashy lifestyles and things, you know, yeah. like those things go together. Right. Yep. Like those are some of the most manipulative people on the planet. And those are also some of the richest, most powerful people on the planet. So, you know, it'd be interesting to look at how that has shaped our society. 
but just even in this case, even for the show, to see how, I don't know, I'm curious how this guy got to this point where this was a good idea. And you're right, if he has deluded himself into thinking that this is fine. Yeah. I'm I'm doing fine by these women, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know. He could totally believe it. Well, and there's um, that there's that thing where you hear of rich people who like have made their money literally exploiting people or doing terrible things who still look at themselves in the mirror and be like, I earn this, right? Like pulled myself yeah. up by my bootstraps and my money is. And so it's like, is he sitting there in the private planes being like, I earn this and it's a lot of hard work, which it would be like running a con like this, as we said earlier, would be a lot of hard work. So is he sitting there being like justifying it to himself, being like, I'm fucking exhausted trying to keep track of all these women I'm conning. Therefore, I deserve this money. Yeah, no. And he could right, he could totally logically to himself make yeah. that argument. Um, like all of the manipulation like that. You would have to feel as if manipulation wasn't wrong. Yeah. You know, like, you would have to not feel guilty by manipulating people. And there are a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. And <laughs> as long as they're okay with their narrative, they don't really care how much it affects other people. Because what they can say in response to that is, I can't make you feel anything. You have you make your own choices. Yep. And that's like the ultimate gaslight. And you're just like, I'm going to kill you for saying that. Like, we're human. We have emotions. We affect everyone every second we're around them. Like, come on. Well, and maybe over time, it becomes easier and easier to believe those type things, you know, like, you know, as the lie become, you just become so used to lying that you don't really need to go back to reality at any point because you're just caught up in the moment. Anyway, well, so overall, would you would you recommend this to people? I definitely would. And I think, you know, it's something where I think it's it's I think a step above snack TV. and it does ask, uh, like, suggest a lot of questions, especially about like online dating and how well you actually know a person. Um, so I would recommend it for that, even though I do think there were some pretty significant storytelling flaws. Uh, I, yeah, I would agree. I would definitely recommend it, probably on the basis that I would want to talk with someone about all the questions I have. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's going to make you have a conversation with someone and on that account like totally successful as a piece right it causes a conversation they don't really give enough guidance as to what they wanted the conversation a little disappointing because there's a lot of meat there um i i think you kind of hit on it earlier like i kind of wanted to know who these women were more you know more than they're like obviously single and looking for the man of their dreams like how did you get here you know like what really like other than like he's cute and has money like what kept you in this because like if some guy's sending me a text that's like i see you as my wife and future you know mother and my child and we're been dating six months i'm probably going to be like what the hell you know like this is like well and also and can you this while you're like traveling around the world yeah can you give me sixty thousand dollars and i haven't seen you in like a month because i'm traveling yeah. around the world like yeah. it's a it's a strange dynamic for a relationship I, th- I mean, and I like what you said earlier about like, what if your, what were your previous relationships? Because mm-hmm. like? that really would have an effect on like what interest you know you have now. So to me, it falls a little short in that kind of human behavior explanation side. Like it's definitely got the drama and uh, the intrigue and you know, the telling us the lessons to be learned, stay away from, I guess, 
men who want your money. Yeah. Well, that sort that sort of feeds into what I wanted to close out on, which is, you know, you and I both have been on dating apps. You are in a successful relationship. I hope you don't mind me saying that. You know, and I think, you know, like, what are our takeaways from being out here in the wilds of dating? I mean, I think the clearest one, which this movie, if there is any theme to this movie, it's that men are trash, just absolute trash. <laughs> I have to include myself in that. But like, dear God, they're just all fucking monsters. And I, I, I mean, like, you don't really ever hear stories of women doing this type of stuff or like women like showing up on dates and like completely catfishing guys or gaslighting them. It's like if they're going to be like catfished, it's because a man is doing it to another man just to fuck with them generally. Right. So like, God, men are awful. They're just I, and I, I mean, I talk to other single friends about this who are dating and like and my therapist. And it's just like a constant theme of how many people we know who are dating who just like have had just terrible experiences with just absolutely abhorrent men with awful behavior. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're trash. <laughs> Thank you, yes, I finally reached that status. Ambra, I don't think that my current partner is trash. There you go. But I did sift through a lot of trash <laughs> <laughs> to get to where I am. Yeah, uh, I, uh, <laughs> dating apps. It's been a couple years, but I remember being on um, several of them, and I mean, I think there's just such a range of experiences there, right? Like, you yep. really see that everyone is in such a different place. Yep. And I think you and I have talked about this before. I think the worst part about dating and being in the app world is that, like, you kind of put out this narrative and I think it gets put out for too long. Like you're not you're, like, you're, if you're just looking to mess around, then that like, why can't you just say that on the first date or be honest on the first or second, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be the first date. I'm not saying that, but like, well, I don't understand why people are so uh, like, they are so avoiding those conversations nowadays. I don't get it. I don't either. Um, and you really, you know, I appreciate your friendship because one of the things when we've talked about this is you've encouraged me to just be direct. And that seems to work a lot better than um, <laughs> beating around the bush. Um, I think, you know, the thing that I struggle, I have struggled the most with dating apps is just like the amount of time you have to invest in it is crazy. And it's just exhausting, right? Like, you know, it's not like you meet someone and you talk to them and are like, okay, there's, there's a connection here or not. There's all the lead up. There's like scrolling through the photos. Then there's actually like having to meet them in person or like texting them and like, how long do I text them before I ask them out? Do I even like want to do this? And then you meet and it's like, okay. So that, you know, you basically invested like in many cases, like a week or two of communication before you even meet. And in some cases, like, there's a lot of texting beforehand that, and I just like have, I stopped doing that because I was like, this is an absolute waste of my time. I either need to meet the person and know whether or not it's real or not, but I don't want to keep wasting time texting people who I may never actually even meet in person, or if I do, I won't even like. Yeah, like what piece am I feeding by doing this? What, <laughs> what is the point of that much interaction without knowing? I don't know, maybe that's a an introverted way of looking at it. Yeah. I, I guess I just don't want to hate on people who like who who don't mind taking that time. But like to me, I I, I find it much easier for like 
personal anxiety reasons to just like get that shit out the way. Like, <laughs> no, let's text, let's meet up, like let's make it coffee, let's make it easy. I, I agree. To me, it's like you're like you can have a text relationship with anyone, but at the end of the day, it's almost like you're you know texting a um, you know AI, right? In some cases, yeah. and so if you're not actually meeting the person, it can be weird. Um, I, I would say though, like. You know, I have met a I've met a lot of good people and there are, you know, it's like as depressing as it can be sometimes and as exhausting like there like I've met people like really good people and also like made really good friendships from it. So it's like one of those things where every time I felt like this is stupid, I'm done with it, then you meet someone and you're like, "Okay, well, this is the way to do it and because uh, like especially during a pandemic I don't recommend starting dating for the first time in 20 years in a pandemic I would say that um, but if you like during, I didn't really have many other options and so like this was sort of it and so it's it has been fascinating like and as someone who was out of the game for 20 years like now it seems like everyone is into ethical non-monogamy um, you know like just everywhere I didn't even know what the term was you know when I first started to date um, you know it's like everyone loves travel everyone loves food where everyone loves wine every like the profiles end up being so similar and you're gonna have before you go you're gonna have to give me your like one of your favorite like profiles because the profiles i've heard of men i i am a straight man so i don't get to see the male profiles but i i get pictures from my friends and they're just amazing my personally the the best one i ever saw on the women's side was for one of the prompts it asked um First off, there are a lot of women who like are like chugging hot dogs, which I'm just like, what what man is going to be like attracted to that? Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe there are tons of men out there. Maybe they're just being super direct and they're like, this is what I want. This is this is what I want. But um, my my favorite response ever to one of the prompts, which are also silly at the end of the day, was it was just a question, mountains or beach? And the woman just wrote one word and it was anal. And it made me laugh so fucking hard. I was just like, this is this is the level of seriousness people should be t- treating these prompts with. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah. My God. So, yeah, give me give me one more of your just like, I can't believe this happened. I or that people would put these pictures up. Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, it's like I'm not on there right now. so I'm oh, That's true. You've been off for so long. Well, I mean, so I can think of like things that happened. So I dated this one guy um, and we had gone on like we've been dating for like a month, you know, gone out like once a week for like a month. And uh, he he told me he left me. Hmm. And I looked at him and I said, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) And he like lost his mind, started crying and ran out of the room. And I'm like, well, shit, man, I'm at your house. Do I have to like, do you have to wait? He like ran outside. I'm like, so do I like awkwardly go to my car and leave now? (laughs) Yeah. What's the etiquette there? Cause he comes back and he's like, you didn't lock the door. Someone could have broken in. It was like, well, and he was like very emotional and it was like, I was, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to say that to you. Like, I don't feel that way. But it also like, I think the instant he said it, I was like, oh, you are not at the same emotional place as me. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always a fun realization, right? And like, part of me was just like, oh shit, I just need to get out of here. This is not going to like, 
this is too much trauma for me. So I, I mean, that was probably one of the weirdest interactions just because I was like, Oh God, am I, I guess I'm dating a child. I need to really like, figure something out here. Like he just had no clue. Yeah. And he had been married before. And I was just like, Whoa, man, oh, you really need to go. <laughs> You well, therapy. it's a good thing. <laughs> absolutely. Therapy is great. And I feel like I will not date anyone who hasn't been or isn't therapy. So that's sort of like a good screener. But um, I do I do have to say it is funny when I get pictures from my uh, single female friends. Like I've never seen anything like some of these where it's like men are in like like I don't know what you would call like pike helmets or they look like they're like jousting or there's a lot of photos of like men like who are not in that good of shape like shirtless and like trying to ripple their muscles are down here in louisiana like holding fish or guns and it's just like like it's like the the phallic association especially with the gun is just so obvious i'm like there are actual women who will click on this and being like yeah that's what i want a guy who's got a gun so yeah i mean yeah it's it's a wild world out there it is it is it's so different for men and women too yeah, yeah, there's a lot of experiences to have for sure. Well, <laughs> well, I don't think we solved anyone's uh, dating problems, but I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this and, um, you know, recommend people going and seeing this and would love to have you back on again the pod uh, on the pod again uh, for a slightly less uh, fraught topic at some point. <laughs> Uh, that sounds wonderful. And uh, thanks for having me on today. This awesome. is great. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. And this has been the, this is our 20th episode of the Insatiable Content Podcast. Yeah. So look at that, a, a new milestone. Um, all right. Thanks for joining. And we'll be back soon with another episode.